Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Dear audience, we are gathered here today to remember what could have been. The glorious potential of an O in 82-point season for one Matthew Barzell. Sadly, it's all for naught as he has scored his first goal of the season. Would anyone like to say any words? I come not to bury Matt Barzell's O in 82. I come to celebrate it. Celebrate the life that we had. The three to four weeks of sheer joy and madness that watching him not score brought upon all of us. Let us celebrate, my friends. Let us celebrate. For we witnessed near greatness. Huh. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it for me. You know, he just had to do it weird to get multiple goals in the same game. So if you're going to do that, you might as well go for like an eight-point game instead. No, he just puts up a a humbling two goals, one on the power play against the Dallas Stars the other night. eh. Oh, what could have been? Just some weird, weird reverse Cy Young season. It would have been fantastic. Could have just left it at some weird and, you know, been good. (laughs) Yeah, well, it would then just be an indictment of how many 30-year-olds can, you know, prevent Matthew Barbazell from scoring a goal. (laughs) And we would just... Go through the roster and count them up uh, Sesame Street style. One, one goal. Ah, 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 ah. Uh-huh. Speaking of weird, weird hockey season things, um, can someone please tell the Boston Bruins to stop? Just stop. Don't be good. Don't be, don't be likable. Don't do any of this crap. You're tormenting me, and I don't like it. When so that I will say. at home. When you live long <laughs> enough that the villain becomes the hero, Cassie, is this what we're encountering with you? Yes. Okay. Would it be of any consolation to know usually the hottest and best teams flounder in the first round spectacularly? Or, you know, the last two weeks of the regular season. That too. It's they peak at the trade deadline and then panic sets in. See, that is that is the only thing that I, I am latching on to is the fact that they this is unsustainable. They cannot maintain this kind of a you know start throughout the right the rest of the season. But it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. 
And it's also because of how they are off the ice. It's really that's really what's driving you nuts, Cassio, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's it's Patrice Bergeron and his tender moment with Tage Thompson that we find out later is him asking about Tage's wife, which you know just makes that whole thing even nicer. I know. <laughs> even kinder. And then um, was it AJ Greer coming yeah. out basically lambasting? All the haters, not just the haters, but the idiots. Yeah, I'm sorry, Cassie. When you live long enough that the villain becomes the hero, I I, I feel you. See, I I could I could be philosophical about it if I didn't live an hour away. If they weren't the local team, I could yeah. If they're on the other side of the country, I could be more philosophical about it. I'd be like, yeah, okay, they're over there. I don't have to pay that much attention. But they're right there. Right, freaking there. So when's the bean pot to offer that like thirty minute distraction? <laughs> Good question. I have no idea. Um. So if they're living long enough to become the hero, <laughs> how would you describe what the New Jersey Devils are doing? They are, I don't want to put this, um, God, I don't know how I want to put this, uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> Not it. <laughs> oh, come on. I asked the question. <laughs> um, the closest thing I could say is they finally figured out how to form Voltron. Or have a goalie who can make a save when you can, you know, let them just play the position instead of flop like a fish. And kudos to Jack Hughes for answering the question that says, well, <laughs> we just won 10 in a row. I think we're playing just fine. <laughs> um, we're, on a, we're on a night and game heater. I think we're okay. I mean, that was just yeah. brilliant. <laughs> because it's the truth. Let's it's easy to nitpick the heck out of everything in this game. But 90% of it doesn't really matter. Like overtime between the Flyers and the Canadians last night. That mattered or didn't matter? Did not matter. Okay. It okay, was that makes sense. uneventful and dull and snooze. And then you look at the standings, it's like, oh. A couple teams have peaked early, and then we're just going to be dealing with a mushy middle for most of the season. Huh. The Bostons of the world will probably come back down to earth a little bit. The, the you know, the point gap will close over time because, I don't know, in the next week or two, Boston will become a 500 club again. <laughs> but they banked all these points early so they can just, you know... Write it out and is this yeah. season going to be interesting? That can't be true. That'll be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting from the trade deadline on. How about that? 
I mean, it'll be interesting in the sense that somebody will inevitably do something stupid or somebody will inevitably do something amazing or somebody will do inevitably do something that's amazingly stupid or somebody will do something that's stupidly amazing. But enough about the NHL front offices. Let's talk about the teams. Well, I was going to say, stop describing the first 20 games of the season, Patrick. I know. See, yeah, that's, that's just what's going to happen for the remaining 60. You, you all, you know, you know, I'm in denial. I do not know. You know who else probably doesn't know? Connor McDavid. Shane Wright. Oh dear God, don't start with me. Let's, <laughs> I venture, I was trying to avoid that subject, Cassie, but. Oh, well, sorry. We don't have we'll to see. You can leave that one. Alone. Stop. <laughs> I was going to say Dallas Eakins. Like, is there not another parallel or someone to compare and contrast him with other than Lindy Ruff's time in New Jersey? Just a bunch of young and raw talent oversaddled by veteran contracts. And then I hate to say it, but the experienced NHL coach who has had some success has kind of pulled things together in a sustainable way. And then there's the ducks. And I can't tell if it's intentional or not, if he's doing exactly what his boss wants him to do or not. You can't tell, then probably the answer is no one knows. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm. No. Oh, wait, no, they just remember things. Yeah. Sorry. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Mm -hmm. um, what was I going to say? You know, I don't remember what I was going to say. I really honestly don't. I I, I, uh, I posited the question to a local Kraken podcast, at what point do you start worrying about Shane Wright's development? Mm -hmm. Because um, this is getting out of hand. The guy, and I said that, you know, basically he hasn't played, he hasn't played substantial competitive hockey in like three years how are you supposed to get better practice is only practice you know you're only going to get better by doing and the the uh, the the pushback is there some of them are towing the company line you know they think he's too good for the OHL and not good enough for the NHL and since that stupid mm -hmm. CHL law exists, or that, not a law, that agreement between the CHL and the NHL that players under the age of 19 um, are, uh, if, yeah, players under the age of, I think it's 19 or 20, I think it's 19. It's 19. Yeah. And I think it's the AHL. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then over, um, after that, then it's up to the team to determine whether they go back as to the CHL as an overager or not. 
So, um, yeah, that argument doesn't hold water because the games that Shane Wright has played in, he has held his own and not been a liability. So, yeah, the I'm not good yeah. enough for the NHL does not work. He he has made mistakes. Maddie Beneers has made mistakes. Right. I mean, Vince, well, everybody makes mistakes. It's like exactly. 30, you know, 35-year-old guys make mistakes. That's what I was going to say. Vince Dunn made mistakes. Jordan Everly's made mistakes. Don't give me this. He's a liability to the team type crap because it's not going to fly so take that whole thing and go pound sand you know if he wasn't good enough to make the nhl then why did you keep him here Mm -hmm. you could have sent him back day one could still send him back now well they could have what i'm saying is they could have sent him back day one with the promise that um his was it Kingston he was playing for? Whatever team mm-hmm. he was playing for would make a trade to a more competitive team so that he could get, um, you know, so that he could be playing Memorial Cup, you know, playoff level hockey. And But playing. I don't care if he's too good for the CHL. He needs to play the game of hockey. He well, needs you know, to play the that- game of hockey. The thing, too, is that is what did Austin Matthews do? He went to Europe. Uh, I, I've heard I mean, that that's, one a that's lot. That's a questionable call, I realize. Sometimes that's good and sometimes bad. But that's the 18-year-old solution to not making it to the AHL, et cetera, and so on, especially if you know people, right? Yeah. Send into I, a team that you know somebody... And who's paying for him to go over? That's the other thing. There's that. And then also, I think there is going to be a lot of pushback um, because I don't know what the the um, what the words, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what the agreement stipulates, but I don't think. I think he has to go back to his CHL team and they have to do something because of his contract status in the CHL. Yes, they do sign contracts. Right. Yeah. And Austin Matthews never signed Signed. anything with a CHL club. Right. Right. He was drafted, but he did not ever intend to play here. Right. Sorry, Everett. Yeah, don't start with me. (laughs) I'm actually glad he didn't. It's probably for the best. Yes, for for everybody. a variety of reasons. Yes, um, you know, I would love to see him loaned, you know, to the SHL. You know, get him over to Sweden, you know, or get him over to Germany. Get him over there somewhere, you know, where there's competition on par with you know middling AHL type teams, right? Get him playing. God, the kid needs to play. It's like asking me, you know, I, I, I've played bass for 40 years. Ask me to sit around for three and then go perform live. Right. You know, that ain't going to happen. I can practice all I want, you know, by myself, but, you know, I need a band. I need to get out and play. I mean, it ultimately comes down to prospect mismanagement. This is a problem all throughout the NHL where 
where nobody understands the concept of actually, you know, working with players to develop them. It's turned into a, you know, trial by fire. If you can play, you can play. Otherwise, get out, you know, and which does everybody a disservice because how are you supposed to like create a prospect base if you don't develop a pro you know your prospects but in order to develop your prospects you actually have to understand what your prospects can do uh i.e scouting you know and clearly there's people not very good at judging um capabilities of their prospects <clears throat> hackstall <clears throat> and uh and so yeah you know it's like you're just wasting ability because you suck. <laughs> you suck at, at actually judging ability. So Yeah. And therein lies the problem. They are over reliant on the CHL to get players to a point. Yes. Yeah. But see it's the same thing though with the AHL. You have to have you have to have junior and sub junior, everyone under junior, you know, coaches and scouts and people who can actually spot talent and develop that talent in order for those players to get to a certain point in the CHL so that the NHL can like just plug and play with them. And and so there's there's systemic failure across the board in North America about being able to judge and scout talent. And then develop it. Yeah. And this is the class. This this is the example. Seattle's the classic example. They have a fourth overall draft pick, who could be playing, but because the head coach is not good at a, at evaluating, you know, ability, is sitting him out because he doesn't have quote unquote, it's the, it's the, you must have three years experience to apply for this entry level job, but how do you get three years experience if no one's gonna hire you? Oh, Scenario, dear. that's where we're at here with, with Shane Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. <laughs> Picked it as scab right now. You know that, right? I, I, you know, I, I didn't mean to, but it. I know. You know. I'm kid. I'm giving you a bad. Day. I know, but because you talking about it kind of made me think about it. So. But everything's gonna be fine. He was scratched for his fifth game. He can go to the AHL for 14 days. World Juniors. Yeah, but here's here's what makes this worse. This was already supposed to have happened. If it weren't for a Jared McCann injury, he would have already had his two-week stay down in the AHL. Which does nothing because the AHL is a three is a three game a week league. And it's all weekend. So and they're the just look they're just looking to get him five games of pro experience but what happens after that what what was the plan come you know mid-november when he's has to be recalled to the roster plan i'm sorry you're talking about an nhl head coach plan 
No, no, here's the thing. They have a plan. It's overthought, over-engineered. When you say they, they I don't think it, I don't think there is a a a cabal of people in on said plan. There are two. Well, there are two. I, Are there? (laughs) Because it seems to me like the two people we may be referring to without naming names are quite honestly on different wavelengths. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree, but they're the only two people that have say in this matter. Because, let me just throw this out there. Who runs the Kraken's AHL team? Who owned the Kraken? Who owns the Kraken? Firebirds. Firebirds. (laughs) Coachella Valley. Um, I don't remember, honestly. Therefore, I say it, it... Blame starts at the top. Oh, it's all your fault. It's all your fault, Jerry, for bringing in Hans Zimmer. There, oh, I said oh, that's the stupidest <laughs> freaking thing to do. I just, good God in heaven! I get you know people. I get you're going for this whole continue to live out your Pirates of the Caribbean fantasy type thing with the cocking. Oh dear, you know, I uh, just, uh, you know, I was. We are gradually turning into a Kraken podcast. You recognize this, right? Kind of, you know, as. <laughs> well, as they're was, the only ones doing anything interesting, if we're being honest. Kind of. Like, they are defying most people's expectations. This was. I was expecting a little less of this last year, but oh my gosh, they were a dumpster fire. And everything else just kind of falls into place where, okay, some teams are hot. Great. How are they doing it? They all have new coaches or they all have a goal to making a save. Then there are a bunch of top loaded teams from last year that finished high in the standings that are in that mushy middle. What are they doing? They've taken their foot off the gas and or, they still haven't figured out how to replace players from the last two or three years. And then you have the Kraken, which they're just kind of there. And they're doing things well. They're winning a lot in regulation. And it's just like, uh, oh, this is, this kind of is what a process should look like except for two or three key decisions. The one of them being what could help put you over the top, a really talented fourth overall draft pick. How are we going to mess this one up though? See, see, they, they read too far into the NHL manual. Like look at what a team directly ahead of them in the standings has done in LA. Where's Quentin Byfield right now? Um, 
Oh, gotcha. And I swear, I, I swear, I'm not trying to do this on purpose, Patrick. You are. <laughs> We're just but poking bruises at this point. I'm sorry. Something wasn't <laughs> working with Byfield on the NHL roster over, you know, a period of weeks. So what do they do? They have him playing hockey games instead of sitting. So in in the defense of the of the Kraken coaching staff. Um, How I dirty have... do you feel saying that? Right <laughs> <now>? <laughs> I'll have to take a shower after this. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, so in defense of them, I have to say that whenever I see pictures of the players, outside of Shane Wright, who remarkably doesn't actually get taken pictures of very often, um, they seem like the happiest group in the entire NHL. They um, seem like they're just like thrilled to be there, glad to be like living where they're living, doing the job that they're doing. They always just seem so thrilled out of everybody else in the NHL. They're just like genuinely, I can't believe I'm here kind of thing. And it's it's kind of cute, I have to say. You know, I see plenty of Shane Wright. You know where I see it? Where I see him in the BioSteel commercials, because uh. they decided to make him the Kraken face of the BioSteel partnership. <laughs> yeah, how's that working out for them? Yeah, pretty well, probably. Because, mm-hmm. after all, where where was that company founded? I honestly have no idea. It's, I'm going to say Toronto just because. Yeah, I was going to say Ontario. Some little Canadian province, and where is Shane Wright from? Some, and some other Canadian I don't know. <laughs> He's from Ontario. I know. Just being sarcastic, because why not? So, what if the solution to the Kraken's problems was Hextall wasn't on the bench? I was going to say, what if the solution to the Kraken's problems were the friends we made along the way? Um, no, that's Twitter. No, um... We didn't make any friends on Twitter. Are you high? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, no, because, see, the, the, the problem still would remain that Hackstall would be the fi- have the final say on, on the ro- you know, game roster, game night rosters. So we need to remove him from game night roster making and then it will be okay (laughs) so we should be basically inverting the coaches in the kraken organization maybe i mean up and haxtell should be down maybe Maybe that's maybe that's the problem is our is our nhl head coach does not is not sufficiently you know ready for the nhl (laughs) so he needs to be demoted sent down to the AHL to learn how to coach. Maybe. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm sticking with that. Okay. I was just going to say, let Par- Paul McFarland run it. I mean, why not? Bilesma could be his assistant. Let somebody run it. Somebody that under... God... You know, like I said, this team is just making this coach look better, and it's making the inevitability of what they're going to go. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. And here's how you know everything is made up. Maybe we should just make Steve Briere the goalie coach, the head coach of this team, because, you know, he seems to be doing something right in By not having in Seattle. Group hour play? <laughs> Let's save that for next time. Because, okay. boy, was I wrong about that thus far. Oh, I... I think almost all of us were. I mean, I didn't think he was great. I didn't expect it to be that not bad. great. Yeah. yeah. So I expected last season to be a struggle, but then you have the other guy and they split time and you're kind of 500-ish, but... But Breer is fa- famously the guy who got ostracized during that Amazon docuseries because goalies couldn't make a freaking save for the blue and white team that we're not going to talk about. And it's he just went like off, went off his butt. What was he supposed to do? Yeah, that was my favorite part. Oh, f off! They said. <laughs> yeah. And at that, that's the point where all journalists and even all head coaches, I say, you've got to put on the pads during your practice, and they have to do some sort of scrimmage during it just to see what you would do differently. But it's like, huh, you move someone from one place to another and something changes miraculously. It's like maybe these guys shouldn't be in the same place in the same positions forever. Like any Washington Capitals goaltender. Back to that, are we? (laughs) And let let us admire how absolutely wrong the Washington Capitals got their goaltending situation. That's just... And the the sad thing is the goaltending there this season is not that bad. No, but the rest of the team sure as hell is. Now, granted, injury, 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 but you know what else? Here was ultimately the problem, though, Patrick. Injury? Mike's No, Mike <laughs> Smith had to retire. Yes, actually, Mike Smith had to retire, so they couldn't trade him to the Washington Capitals so we could get more assists for Ovechkin. Because that's honestly what they needed in the goalie. <laughs> And you know what? I'm here for it. Setting up, setting, do, setting up the breakout pass instead of the defenders doing it. Absolutely. And Anything it turned over to get the blue that line record. and shot on immediately. <laughs> I look at the, the Capitals box scores for one reason and one reason only. Let's get you a laugh. Did OV score. <laughs> Did OV score because the rest of it's just a oof. I don't think I can watch any of this. I mean, I've yeah. never, never liked the Caps as an organization anyway, so <laughs> I just don't pay attention. <laughs> I don't either, but I want to see him break the record because it's fun. And um, you guys are just out. Uh, you guys are just out to hate me. <laughs> Well, what I was going to say is some other sports league used the acronym NFL for no fun league and hockey was screwed. Mm-hmm. Did you did you notice, Cassie? He walked right by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Intentionally. He did that on Sorry. purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I mean, I guess I guess if people people want to hire me for something, they should have me live next to their team for a couple of years. And then when I move away, their teams get better. So 
you know, it's like I lived in Tampa. What's Florida or what's the Lightning doing? I lived outside of D.C. What did the Caps do like five years ago? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the only one that's kind of failed at that so far is the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> wow. San Jose Sharks just fail for many other reasons. Yeah. Very many, 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 many other reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, things are looking up for them. Are they? Mainly they have a new GM. I mean, it's... Inevitable that they have to look up for them? Well, the fact that we're actually talking about trading, they could potentially get out of a boat anchor contract. One of them. That's a win for them this season. There is, I I will say this right here and right now, there is no way that contract's going anywhere. Oh, no. But you know what? An NHL team should uh, hire consultants from the NBA on how they make their bat doo-doo crazy trades and just move around money like it's Monopoly from the game Monopoly just to see how they would make a deal like this work. It'd be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Cause they can do it in like a week's time instead of a year's time of planning and carefully meticulating <sighs> and hemming and hawing, like watching the grass grow, deciding is it time to cut it yet? Is it time to cut it yet? You say hmm, that that uh, the hockey crowd doesn't like change, and they they don't like making things change, and they have no you know purpose or no no they dislike initiating. Let me put it that way: they dislike initiating things because for fear of what they might start. You're telling me that they're actually you know cowards. <laughs> kind of. All right. I mean, if I was to go down that path, kind of. Mm. But wait, I thought we were done talking about the Bruins. <laughs> In their their third party investigation that they're paying for. Oh my god! <laughs> Does that cost less than a PR firm? I wonder. Oh my god! Who's to say? I mean, so you know, if you if you read scientific papers at all. Which they clearly do not because their fake uh, GET high school equivalents uh, for half the GMs in the league that were players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they couldn't get past the title page. Right. So, so if you know anything about the scientific method and scientific papers and all of that kind of wonderful stuff, then you will know that you cannot trust scientific results if they are paid for by a company who is looking to benefit from a certain result, right? So, you know, you can't have like, I don't know, like Shell Oil contributing money to a quote-unquote independent think tank to determine if they are actually hurting the environment by their business processes. 
because you're not going to get you're you're going to get a skewed answer, right? So, um, yeah, this is the Boston Bruins hiring their own third party independent investigator. <laughs> so, Cassie, you're saying hiring a fox to guard the hen house is 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 suboptimal? Yes, quite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look at me being shocked. I know, right? Absolutely shocked. It's almost like it's logic or something. Kind of. And yet they seem to think that somehow this is going to make them look better (laughs) at the end of the day. (laughs) Isn't it funny that we've got this sort of diametrically opposed viewpoint of the Bruins organization? literally based sort of there's a line of delineation and that line is the ice surface mm-hmm. everything that's going on on the ice we're like god these guys are fun oh god they're nice people they're really playing well everything above them is doggy poop poop And that applies to so many NHL teams. Oh, dear God, no kidding. <laughs> so many. So many where you just want to like the players, but the team is just doing such awful things. Just pick pick one. It doesn't matter what, what awful thing they're doing. And and you're just like, oh, why do I have to be rooting for this team? <laughs> I want or to you can just, the players, but... <laughs> or you just stop and just eh, casually watch. Certain teams. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Or, you know. As long as you're not doing it out of spite. Because, boy, have I come a little too close to doing that. A few times with teams that shall not be named lately. Spite watching? Yeah. Just... The biggest problem the league has is too many people watch one team and one team way too many times. And they don't just watch games like last night's Vegas-Edmonton game. Yeah, it gives you a skewed perspective because you're you're nitpicking this one team and you have nothing to compare it to because you're not watching any other teams. But then you start watching other teams and you're like, oh, the entire league is like this. Okay. It's like those fans who, who tell Greg Wyshynski that that he hates their team, not understanding that he hates everybody's team. No. <laughs> Except no. for the Devils. Thank you. Okay. Um, going. I something, have... something, Hannah Ryan uh, sings beautiful call in OT. Well, something, something. There's, there's that, but um, um, Pat... I'm going to take you back a, a scant 20, 20 hours, I think, to said okay. Vegas Edmonton Oilers game. Sure, sure. There was a particular play where McDavid was out on the ice. A puck came flying out of the zone. One of the Vegas defenders, and right now I can't remember whom, um, had been shadowing McDavid. And, and so the puck comes out of the Edmonton Oilers zone and flies up the bench side boards headed towards, um, headed towards the Vegas blue line. 
And McDavid and said Vancouver uh, Vegas defender were were in a, a foot race to get there. And the Vegas defender had enough of a step that probably had a pretty good chance to get. Oh nope, there comes Connor McDavid. Pulls the guy, pulls the puck just before the guy is able to reach it. Does the spinorama, enters the zone, and within two steps has left the guy in his dust. Undresses the goaltender and it scoots through Aiden Hill. Now and... that wait, do is you this remember? a story problem? Are you going to ask us to calculate something at the end of it? Because I was Solve... told there would be no math. Solve for X. <laughs> right. Um, do you remember that play, Pat? I am fully aware of that play, and in fact, I am queuing up the highlight, expecting to see it here momentarily okay. again. The reason I'm bringing this up is because that kind of stuff he does more often than not, and and you know we get to see. And granted, you know, the highlight goals, like you know, forget it, <laughs> forget the turn in the neutral zone on a reset, he's gone. Just skate back to center ice. You're not stopping him. Everyone's going one way. He's going the other at full speed. That goal was gorgeous. Go sit down. Yeah, just, just <laughs> skate back. Just, it, just Go back you to know the what? bench. Just sit down. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, just just skate to center ice, watch him finish it off, and just be a fan. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Was that Petrangelo I'm, I'm looking at here? I think it might have been. I think because I think because... Petro was out there shadowing him most of the night. He was shadowing up in the neutral zone, and he ha- he was still facing forward. Yes. And so. he went for the poke check right at center. Yeah, and McDavid just whooped and whooped and was gone. Well, what's even more fantastic is the chance McDavid had kind of near the benches early, I want to say may have been late first period or early third um, where similar move. He didn't have quite as much time. He tried to go a five hole. Yeah. So and instead it, I still couldn't tell. I still have to watch that highlight from the OT winner. Was that on his forehand or backhand? It moved too fast to tell. Hand. So that's the other thing I want to bring up. That was on his forehand, Pat. Didn't it look like a backhand shot the it way did. he moved his wrist? Because he he did the dust move. And when he came back to his forehand, he was already in the process of shooting. So, yeah, because you got to really watch that carefully. Because, yes, it did look like the backhand at first, but that dude is ridiculous. I'm I'm circling around on all of this. What I would love for the NHL to do is is put together a plays of the night style thing, like the or, like ESPN had done back in the nineties. Kind of, where they, it's not like the guy has to score, right? Mm-hmm. But highlight that insane stuff that he's doing, which he almost scored on, by the way. Aiden Hill just got enough of it to sort of redirect it and push it you know, away from the gaping maw of the net, but sell the other stuff he's doing. Granted that, you know, those goal, those goals are like, you know, redonkulous, but he does a lot of other redonkulous stuff. 
as does Drysaddle. You know, everyone was talking about the one knee fake out on on uh, Robert Thomas. You know, he was on his knees and stick handled around the dude. You know, that kind of there's nothing wrong with showing us those types of plays, even if they don't result in a goal. I mean, if they result in a shot on goal, I think that that that's yeah, that's enough. Well, I, I think about that's football, funny. right? You, right. They only have 15 minutes of action in football, yet you you see, you know, a metric ton of replays of plays that don't result in scoring. It was just a nice play during a drive. Right. You know, they re- and they don't show you the guy, you know, doing a really good, you know, a boring old play to run it in, but you know, the spectacular play during the drive, you know, kept the drive alive or something or whatever. Anything like that? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's, as we said, it's too bad they can't do, like, some kind of a red zone show because you, that doesn't really work in hockey, but... <laughs> it, it would take... You'd have to have incredible editors. It would it would have to be an overtime sort of thing where they have just that live... It would have to be what you were saying, Patrick, where they had the um, night's highlights reel, right? Yeah. And then and then as they're doing that cut away to oh we have a we have a shootout in progress or we have an overtime in progress or or something like that. Or the the or um I, and this is going to probably infuriate you. The final five of the period in the close game. Yeah, yeah, that's that I think you know? that works too. Cuz the reason the reason I bring that up is because um uh, what was the word I was looking for? Oh, NESN, your your now regional network, Cassie. Um, <laughs> they do that, right? Uh, not that they do that, but you know they have a sponsor for the final five of of the period, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, why not have a final five break in, you know, of a one goal game between, you know, a featured. That's the word I'm looking for, a featured game of the night or something, or even if it's not featured, you know. I mean, they they could even start it like you know, beginning of of the new year, January after we have a good idea of playoff. Like, I shouldn't say that the standings have kind of normalized. Been, yeah, thank you. And and so, because the thing that's just the worst is like trying to do that sort of thing in the first like month of the season, where. Okay, this is this is a great couple of teams, but they happen to suck like two months later, right? <laughs> or they're not in playoff contention like two months later, that sort of thing. But if it's actually a meaningful to the fans, that is meaningful like game, standings are impacted in some way, or someone's on a hot streak or someone's on a, you know, cause you don't want the cold streak, right? You don't want that random team. The problem though, is that the NHL ESPN is good at this, but the NHL generic, generally speaking is really bad at on the fly things, unless it's actually a line change. Yeah. Just, there, it just needs something, something what? to get people to watch other teams. I'm, I'm sorry. You mean Five minutes flat of game highlights isn't enough for everyone. 
Yeah. Because I'm looking through every league, from the league, all their game recaps, it's all right around the five-minute mark because someone's boss told them to do that. Mm-hmm. Yet I see more action in those two-minute highlight clips that, you know, Sports Center used to put together in the day. That's the ER Sports Center for the listening audience. ER. Not, not the R, not the re, but the R. Sports Center versus Sports Century. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this also goes back to what we were talking about a while ago is actually actually making NHL network into a real network. <laughs> into a real grown up <laughs> network. <laughs> you know? Make the most money with spending the least. That that's their philosophy. Right, but with the with those little imagination is physically possible and getting out of no one's comfort zone. And that's, that's the problem, right? Is it hockey has a really hard time, generally speaking, of getting out of their comfort zone. They think it's bad and they avoid it whenever possible. When all of these things, all of these great, wonderful things are just outside of their comfort zone. It makes me think about the current World Cup that's just kicked off. You know, here's an organization filled by a bunch of corrupt men. Let's just say it how it is. FIFA? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somehow all their organizing clubs are okay with taking breaks or loaning out a certain number of players because they've allowed the popularity of their game to reach monumental statuses. Yet the NHL can't even put on a fake tournament a couple times every four years with any regular cadence, but they sure as heck try for the money grab. Again, have to be outside their comfort zone. They can't do it. They don't want to do it. They think being outside your comfort zone is bad. And it's like, it feels bad, but after the fact, one, your comfort zone gets bigger. And two, you actually like have a lot more fun. You enjoy life a little bit more. <laughs> so, do you think anyone would be comfortable, Pat, with having a third of their roster disappear for two weeks for them to go to the Olympics? And that still continue playing games? I think I can think of a few. Primarily, Philip J. Kessel. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.